Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Craig F. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is Monday, October 19th, 2020. Uh, Today we are reading from the big book and we're at page 12 and we're doing the first paragraph. that begins despite the living example and we're reading one paragraph today's readers are elizabeth d nancy p and marcia f uh, and then for the steps and traditions margie and beth w and uh, that's it okay um the reference numbers for Yesterday's meeting uh, is uh, 15,569. Excuse me. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovered from recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everybody who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Uh, OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's sole purpose, our fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. And a vision for you, big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm now going to ask Margie to read the 12 steps. Marge? Thank, thank you, Craig. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me serve, and I pass. Thank you. Okay, now I'm going to ask uh, Beth W. to do the 12 traditions. Beth? Hi, good morning, Craig. This is Beth W. from Bismarck, North Dakota, Compulsive Overeater, the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. I'll pass. Thank you. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can read. Anyone can share, I mean, I'm sorry. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book um, on page 12, the first paragraph that begins, Despite the Living Example. Um, I'm now going to ask Elizabeth D. to begin reading. Elizabeth? Thank you. Can I be heard, Craig? Yes, I can hear you fine. 
thank you. Um, thank you for your service this morning, Craig. And uh, my name is Elizabeth D. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater living in the Boston area. I'm grateful to be here. Despite the living example of my friend, there remained in me the vestiges of my own prejudice, my old prejudice. The word God still aroused a certain antipathy. When the thought was expressed that there might be a God personal to me, this feeling was intensified. I didn't like the idea. I could go for such, mis, uh, su- such conceptions as creative intelligence, universal mind, or spirit of, of nature, but I resisted the thought of a czar of the heavens, however loving his sway may be. I have since talked with scores of men who felt this way. Um, so here we, here we see Bill talking to his old friend, Abby, who we hadn't seen for years. Um, Abby, of course, one of his first drinking buddies, um, someone he corralled around with for years. Um, and he, Bill had hoped to repeat the old times, um, but what he found across the table from him was someone who was different, not only someone who was refusing to drink with him, but also who seemed to have changed inwardly, altered um, entirely. Um, and of course, uh, this angered and and annoyed uh, Bill at first. He um, was going to um, that he wasn't going to join him, um, and that he found religion uh, that, of course, raised in Bill uh, prejudices from his from his childhood. And this is the word that I really want to reflect on this morning: uh, this word, prejudiced. Um, because for me, uh, this is just my experience. Um, I've had faith, a deep faith, profound faith in God um, from a very, very young age. My father used to call me the spiritual uh, director of the family, and I would always do grace at the various um, important uh, holiday meals. Uh, but in my case, um, that uh, I'll fast forward um, 10 years, I've been in OA for 30 years. Um, the last 10 years um, before I, I got abstinent um, this time, um, I had had 10 years of terrible, terrible on and off relapse. And that relapse brought me to my knees. So despite the fact that I was going to church, I was relapsing over and over again. Um, and it was a mystery to me what was going on. I had a sponsor finally who said to me uh, very important words at a time when I really need to see it. She said, I want you to start thinking about how you are prejudiced in your thinking about God. And what this particular step guide helped me see is where I was being agnostic in my conception of God and that what I needed was a new conception of God. Um, As I was relapsing, I was not working the steps. I was going to church and living a moral life, but I was, I was thinking that I, I was not thinking that God had anything to do with my issue with food, that my binging and my obsession with my weight and my obsession with, with food had nothing to do with God. And it was a problem that I could solve all on my own. So I was keeping God out of my food problem. And um, what needed to happen for me was I needed to be completely and utterly beaten down by this pro- program, but well, not by this program. I needed to be completely beaten down by my disease, by this disease, and then be confronted by people who, whom the problem had been solved. People like Ebby, who had 
who had found a conception of God that worked for them. Um, and what's interesting as I end, I'll stop sharing because I'd like to hear from others, is that I was told by this same step guide that some of us who are the most religious have the hardest time getting and staying abstinent. And I understand that now when I was one of those people. Um, for me, a big part of it was a third step problem. Um, I was I was keeping God out and in in and that is no longer the case. And now as I do 10, 11, and 12 in my life every single day, I do my best perfectly imperfectly to connect with that higher power. And uh, I have to work at it and grow that relationship. And um, it's given me a life that beyond my wildest dreams. And with that, I'll pass. All right, thank you very much for your share. Okay, now we're going to take some names uh, for sharing. We go on, and let's see if we can get six or seven names real fast. Who would like to Bonnie share? B. Oh, yeah. Minnesota. I got nothing. Bonnie B. from Minnesota. I'm something from Minnesota. Bonnie B. Bonnie B., all right. Maria F. Maria F. Rosie M. Rosie M. All right. Lynn F. Lynn F. Couple more. Katie V. No Barbara E. All right, that's good enough. Here's what I have. I have uh, uh, Bonnie Bonnie B. from Minnesota, Marie F., Rosie M., Lynn F., uh, Katie, and I didn't get which Katie that is. Uh, B., as in Victor. V. as in Katie V., okay. Nosa and then Barbara E., um, so let's uh, get it started. Uh, Bonnie B. from Minnesota. Thank you, Craig, so much. My name is Bonnie B. from Minnesota. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. Grateful for this meeting. Thank you for your service, Craig, and for everyone else. Um, this is my first time sharing, so I'm a little bit um, anxious about it, but um, this verse stuck out to me because of the word prejudice. I, like the first speaker, um, came from a religious background. I have a relationship with what I consider my higher power as God, the God of the Bible. I came into the program four years ago and I wrestled greatly with the conception of God as a higher power and not the God of the Bible. And because of the prejudice that I had toward um, that terminology, I wasn't able to receive from people that I believe he had sent to me to help me. They had, um, there were many people that had given me lots of tools that I had just basically set aside because of my prejudice toward them. And I guess, you know, that prejudice for me was toward other people not receiving them for who they were and trusting that the God of their higher power was exactly who he was supposed to be because I wanted them to have the same God that I had. It was their differences that I wrestled with. And when I came to that conclusion um, and actually got honest with myself and with God, program began to work. 
And so I'm just so excited for this program. I'm so excited for um, this group and for the people that serve on it and the people that share every day because it's been life to me. And with that, I'll pass. All right. Thank you very much. Next up, we have Maria F. followed by Rosie M. Maria? Good morning, Craig. My name is Maria Atherton Frank, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Dublin in Ireland. Thanks for your service, Craig. And I'm just going to jump on the back of the previous two speakers and the word prejudice. And, you know, just uh, Bill wanted sobriety. He sees an Ebby, you know, but he just couldn't believe in the God that Ebby talked about. And here, Bill, he's fighting the concept of God because Ebby talking about God contradicts everything that Bill believes in. Um, and although he's hostile toward the concept of God, one fact that Bill can't deny is that every sober and he isn't. And yeah, the paragraph really reminds me of, of uh, my attachment to words and to my prejudice and how something should look like either by the words or the mental images I'll have in my mind about it. And they all stem from my preconceived ideas and my, my conditioning. And yeah, Bill could conceive such terms, he says, you know, as creative intelligence universal mind or spirit of nature. And to me, these are simply words and they all represent God. Um, and you know, for me, I can't explain God to you the same way that I can't explain electricity. You know, it just works. And a bit like electricity, for it to work, I need to be connected to the source. You know, I need the daily practice of this spiritual way of life and, and live in steps 10, 11 and 12 because the steps are a bit like the electricity cables, aren't they? You know, they keep me connected to the supply. Um, and I often visualize electricity, you know, that I can't explain. And it comes in from outside to inside because it's an inside job. And part of that job for me is being a service to others and turning up for whatever I'm asked to do in this program um, and turning up with a grateful heart. Um, and that's all part of the spiritual way of living. And, you know, I have a challenge at the moment. And my challenge is, you know, setting aside my attachments you know, and especially my attachment to my perception of God. Because, you know, for me, there's no room for spiritual progress if I'm attached to anything, especially to my to a perception of God um, and there being only one idea of experiencing God. Because God gives me the grace and the courage um, to have that open mind. Um, and God is bringing this to me, you know, um, and bringing this desire to progress um, spiritually um, and to be open to all aspects of spirituality um, because they develop my relationship with God. Um, and I'll just finish on, on this sentence. You know, I heard a great line at a meeting yesterday where a speaker, you know, said, God sends the search and rescue party. And God definitely sent out the rescue, search and rescue party to me when I was lost in the food. And he continues to send it, you know. He continues to extend his hand to me. Um, and for with that, I am so grateful. So thank you, Craig. All right. Thank you very much. Um, Next up, we have uh, Rosie M., I believe. Is that right, Rosie? Hello? Hi, this is Rosie M. from Kentucky. I'm very grateful for all of you and your service. Um, the messages that we receive from our higher power through each other is is key for me. I know for me, I always have had a, a higher power that I believed in. I call him God. And I realized when I got in the 12-step program that all I used to do was play, let's make a deal with him. And I'm going to do this and then you do that. 
and it was in the total gift of desperation, the G-O-D, gift of desperation, that I found the God of my understanding that I, he, my higher power wants me to be happy, joyous, and free, and I can do that by working the steps. And I love step 12 because it reminds me that I have my spiritual awakening by working through all the steps. I don't get it if I don't work through the steps. Thank you very much for letting me share. God bless you all. Okay, thank you very much. Next up, we have uh, Lynn F., and she'll be followed by Katie V. Lynn? Hi, this is Lynn. Uh, let me put myself off of speaker. Okay, hi, this is Lynn from Washington State. Um, okay, this is my second time ever sharing and never on the full. To me, it's 4 a.m. because I'm in Washington. But I'm leaving on a trip today, so um, here I am on so this is exciting. Um, so let's see. Um, I noticed in my big book, this is the only paragraph I hadn't highlighted anything. And I realized in looking at it more deeply today, it's because there's some big words that I didn't know the meaning of. So I looked them up this morning. And it's kind of amazing when you look up the meaning of words, it really pops out what the meaning is. So the first one is vestiges, and that means a trace of something that is disappearing or no longer exists. And so, um, uh, so to me, that means he, it's he vestiges of my old prejudice. So he had, still had a trace of prejudice, but it was almost disappearing, and that's why he was able to step into the the new light of of finding God. And then prejudice, preconceived opinion not based on reason or actual experience. And that's that's a great definition. It's that's what happens. We we have a preconceived opinion not based on reason or actual experience. And then Antipathy. I really didn't know what that was. And that is a deep-seated feeling of dislike or aversion. And um, anyway, just looking up those um, definitions kind of woke that that whole paragraph up for me. And I'm just really glad in this program that there is no uh, decision of what God is for anyone. You have to figure it out yourself. And um, And that was really interesting to hear from someone who had a definite opinion and then they had a prejudice the opposite way which than I have where I, I want God to be very open and and anyway we all come at this at, at, at different angles but we all can find recovery through this program and I have eight months which is a miracle and I have I'm leaving on a trip and I have all my my food and I've got it all figured out because I'm taking the time because I know I have to to stay recovered and recovery is amazing so there you go <laughs> that's it all right thanks Lynn next up we have Katie V and she'll be followed by Nosa J uh, Katie hi good morning can I be heard yes here you fine awesome Thanks so much, Craig. Thank you for everyone doing service and everyone on the meeting. Um, I uh, I loved the share this morning and all the shares since. Um, I realized that I thought God was a genie that granted wishes. 
um, definitely like the, the blue guy from Aladdin. Um, because I thought that if I, uh, said, thank you, God, when I woke up and thank you, God, at night, um, before I came to program that he would allow me to lose weight every day. And I, uh, I started restricting in 2016 and lost over 175 pounds in two years. And I thought that was because I was a good girl who believed in God and, when I came into program, I said, oh, I got this. It's cool, guys. I, uh, I already believe in God, so I'm set. But I uh, came in, and I could only scrape together three or four days. And it, and it was because God didn't care. That's what I said to myself about my food problem. He wasn't big enough. And it was because I wasn't letting God be God. I was God. How could, how could God be the the czar of the heavens or even the creator or create creative intelligence anything that they say in the book when i am running the entire show and i was just gripping the steering wheel through those first couple months in program just wanting it my way and and not being not letting him have what he needed to have i thought i had to be strong enough and it's that that old that willpower that i i just didn't have because i have a disease um and uh i heard someone say once that if uh, i can understand my god he's not big enough and the first time i heard that i had to pause and i broke down in tears and uh ever since i realized that God loves me and loves me enough to give me this program. And it, you know, it changes and it expands every day. Thank God. But um, today I feel like I am walking hand in hand with my creator. So um, thank you for letting me share. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. Um, next up we have Nosa J and she'll be followed by Barbara E. And then we're going to take some additional names. Good morning, everyone. It's Nosa J, um, Recover Compulsive Overeater. Um, it is so nice to hear some of the new voices. Um, and I know there's more out there. I've talked to them. <laughs> so please continue to, to share. Um, I, um, Some of you guys know that like I came from a bad um, childhood, and so I didn't believe in God. And I found God in jail. Um, and so... You know, and that was that was out of the Bible, and and you know that was that was God to me, and and so I came into the other program, and I had I have several years of recovery in that program, and you know it's like, well, I got a God too, so God's going to help me, and Overeaters Anonymous, like I've t- taken people through the steps, like it's going to be fine, um, I'm going to get this, and you know. For some, for whatever reason, I don't, I don't know if it was because I just really didn't think that God could help me with the food. Um, I don't, I don't know what that's about, but I know like it just didn't happen. And, and I think for me, um, you know, it's, it's a God personal to me and, and it keeps changing and growing and and becoming more 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 i don't i don't understand that but <laughs> sorry um but it's just 
opening my relationship, my, my, I guess my relationship just continues to grow and grow. And, and when I came in this time, I, I, I'm a bro- broken record, but I used that um, set, set aside prayer and, um, you know, help, help me set aside everything I think I know about God. And, um, and I'm telling you, like, my relationship with God has gotten stronger and I've been abstinent now. I'm recovered now. And it's absolutely amazing. And it's nothing that I did. Like, I mean, I, I took the action that I was, was guided to and that's it. I took the action and, and God has really done for me what I have not been able to do for myself. And I'm free from the food today. Like that's unbelievable to me. Um, and so I, I want to continue to, to work on that relationship um, because it's just going to keep getting better and better. And I don't have to do it perfectly. That's the best thing about it because I'm not perfect. So um, I'm so happy to be here. Craig, it's so good to hear you. I love listening to you. You have the greatest voice. Um, you all have a wonderful day, and thank you all for your service. All right. Thank you, Nosa. Uh, next up, we have Barbara E., and then we're going to take some more names. Barbara. Oh, good morning, everyone. It's so glad to be with you again. I am so glad to be. Wow. <laughs> Why do you go away? Well, I was in the hospital, of course, so that you can come back again, so that you can see the places you came from with new eyes and extra colors, and the people that that see you see you differently coming back to where you where, where to where you started is not the same as never losing leaving the only way we can live is if we grow and the only way we can grow is if we change and the only way we can change is if we learn and the only way we can learn is if we are exposed and the only way we can be exposed is if we throw out our old preconceived notions and surrender to the process Yesterday, I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. My ego said said differently. Today, I am wiser, so I only want to change myself. When I came into OA and I heard that I needed to be transformed, changed, I said, oh, really? I just came in for a diet. I don't need an ego reduction plan. I need a calorie reduction plan. I masked my pain with humor, saying I wasn't overweight, I was just under tall, but seriously, I was dying, gaining and losing weight over and over. I was broken and desperate, but it's 23 years now, and I can honestly tell you from the inner ear of my heart that I found that God that I never believed in. He doesn't have a shape. He doesn't have a form, but he's with me every place I go. He was with me at the hospital. He was with me when they said I needed a blood transfusion. He was with me and he said, Barbara, I love you too much to let you stay this way and you will be taken care of. And that's all I ask for today, to be the person I was meant to be, to to aim for my own North Star. I was not the scum of the earth. I thought I was. So the first time I did the steps, I left out some of the items I felt were too heinous to reveal and then was surprised when the promises didn't come true for me. 
So the next time I took a leap of faith and I really unpeeled that onion and I told I told every deep, dark secret I had. And you know what? She said, my sponsor, my lovely sponsor said, that's okay, Barbara. At least you didn't kill someone. You didn't steal a painting from the Museum of Modern Art. You're a human being on a spiritual path, not a spiritual being on a human path. You're better today than you were yesterday, but not as good as you'll be tomorrow. This is a program of redemption. Thank you, Craig. I am redeemed. All right. Thanks, Barb. Next up, we're going to have new voices. So who would like to share on this paragraph? Sarah L. Sarah L. Sharon on page... Page 12, the first paragraph. Um, I got Sarah L. And who else is there? Chris actually Chris. Chris. Uh, something Matt, and yeah. some. Jennifer L. C. All right. Can we go back here a minute? We got Chris something. Somebody. And then we had some people that I couldn't make out the name. Matt J. I got you, Matt. Thanks. Who was the young lady then? Jennifer C. Jennifer C. Ralph F. Ralph, thank you. All right. So far I have... All right. So far I have Sarah L. Chris something, Jennifer... C, I believe, Matt, J.F., Ralph, F., and Donna, I didn't write down. Well, let's just go with that lineup. Um, Sarah, take us away. Sarah, Star one. Good morning. This is Kara L. from California. Yeah, good morning. Uh, Recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, Thank you. I am not at home, so I don't usually get the early meeting. I am in the Midwest, so this is a treat. Um, I love this this paragraph. This paragraph, though, has always been one that confused me a bit. Because I was like, I don't think that those terms, creative intelligence, universal mind, or spirit of nature. You know, I was like, why Why are those so difficult? And why are they not, you know, why are you still having trouble here? And it took me a while, and thankful, I'm thankful for this meeting to be able to read it with other fellows and talk about it and discuss it, because then it gives me some clarity, you know, clarity that I didn't have before. And what it speaks to me is of my personal connection with my higher power. I have always, you know, I always believed in God, but I never connected to God. I never had that clear connection where I would turn to God in everything in my life. I really never believed that that God cared about me as an individual. 
um, it was always this distant theological belief, but nothing personal in my life. And we're going to move forward. We're going to see how, how Bill comes to the same conclusion that he can have a God personal in his life. And that, that's it for me. Step two, do I truly believe that there is a higher power that is concerned with me and that, that I believe will take care of me and do for me what I cannot do for myself? You know, after 17 years of working this program, it took me the last two years to fully believe that, fully immerse myself in step two, that I believe there was a higher power that cared about me and could do for me what I could not do for myself. And that, that's when the breath came in. That's when I could fall into the abundance of my higher power. That's when life changed. And I'm so thankful for that today. You know, I ask my higher power everything, every day. What should I wear today, God? What should I eat today, God? I, I, want, I want that intuitive thought, that inspiration or decisions to come from my higher power. And I practice that every day because that's what gave me the freedom. That's what gave me from freedom from food. That gave me freedom from you know, the, the obsessions in life with people, places, and things. With that connection and that belief with my higher power. And these steps help me keep it. These steps help me stay and keep that path clear so that I can have that freedom every day. So every morning I wake up and I do everything I need to do because I don't want to lose it. And I'm really thankful. Thank you for everybody giving service on the meeting today. With that, I'll pass. All right. Thank you very much. Next up, we have Chris. I think it was B. Chris? Yes, good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Yes, this is Chris M. from New York, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater, which is amazing uh, coming from my uh, mouth to say those things. Um, This month marks 34 years that I've been in and around the OA rooms and um, had some degree of success and, and recovery along the way, but um, not since, uh, but only since coming into vision have I felt recovered and um, it's amazing. I'm very grateful. Um, so when I came into the program in 1986, I was 23 years old and I had been through college and, um, you know, was recently out of college. And, well, let me go back. I was raised Catholic, you know, not devout Catholic, but, you know, Catholic enough. I went to um, Catholic school for a few years. Then I went to CCD, received all the sacraments, got married in a Catholic church, baptized my first child in a Catholic church. But um, when I was in college, I, I was dating a guy that was very bright. He was like a biology major. Maybe he was going to go be a doctor. I don't know. And I remember talking with him. We were talking. And I was always a very spiritual person. I have to say that. Always spiritual. Always kind of reaching out to God when I was a child. <clears throat> but never feeling like I really connected. But this guy, he said to me once, he said very, very like haughtily, he said, God didn't create 
people, people created God. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really profound. Yeah, that's right. We're, we've all been duped. Um, and then when I came into the program and I, they started talking about spirituality, I was like, no, I like this. I, I, I like that because, like I said, I was always a spiritual person reaching out to God um, but never feeling like I connected. And I heard someone in a, in a I think it was in a special edition a couple of weeks ago, saying that she was a fan of the program and a fan of, of maybe the spiritual experience, but wasn't really working it. And that was me. I was a big fan. Oh, I thought it was great. This is a great thing. Yes, I want a spiritual experience. I want to be transformed. I want all that. But I never really worked towards it. I just didn't know how, I don't think. Um, but, you know, through the years in, in a way, I started, started like going through different religions and, um, you know, because I was definitely prejudiced against my Catholic upbringing, my Christian upbringing. And I, I went, I did like new age stuff. I did the Course in Miracles. I met Marianne Williamson, who, you know, does the Course in Miracles. I got involved in Wicca. Um, and I remember when I went to my church that I've been going to now for years, I, and I told my pastor, oh, you know how I found this church is through a witch. And his head snapped and he looked, he looked at me. I said, yeah, I was studying Wicca and I was telling the um, woman who was running this, this workshop that I was looking for a, a church. And she said, oh, you should go to the Reformed Church because, you know, they've been very welcoming to myself and my husband, um, even though they know what I do and, and my beliefs. And uh, he said, well, he said, everyone, you know, has a different path. And so the, the whole moral of the story is that. Um, OA really brought me back to um, a spiritual life. It, it brought me to a, a church that I really love. And more in, importantly, it gave me this working relationship with God. And, um, you know, I, I listened to Herb, thank you. I listened to Herb Kay, and I'll just end with this. He said it, what it is is we submit to a process that brings transformation and spiritual experience. And that's what I've been able to do through vision. Um, so I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Next up, we have uh, Jennifer C., followed by Matt J.F. Jennifer? Good morning. This is Jennifer C., recovered in Greenville, South Carolina. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, good. Um, so a few thoughts. Um, what, what I've learned in this program is that my mind um, was so warped into an obsession for destructive eating that only an act of God could save me. Um, and so I had to look at, you know, the reality, like what if my mind and heart have, be, have been so warped when it comes to God too, right? Like, what if my resentments and my misconceptions are from uh, my will-be-done theology? What if my extreme self-centeredness, like this book describes, has bled right over into my understanding of God? And so, like Bill, because I've been so utterly defeated by my addiction, this self-imposed crisis, um, I must ask myself the hard questions. Um, what am I believing or not believing about this power that is literally keeping me sick? I had to, I had to ask that question. 
And for me, it became critical to believe that I can't do anything to lose my higher power's love, right? So I had to believe that God was just as near and loving and kind when I was knee deep in my, in the food as when I was super squeaky clean abstinent. I had to believe that. Um, But my higher power was so full of love and compassion that he wanted recovery for me even more than I wanted it for myself. I had to believe that too. Um, I had to believe that this program could act as a power greater than myself on any given moment or day uh, when I couldn't feel or believe anything else. Um, I had to believe that my own thoughts were keeping me stuck, not God. Um, The golden question that I had to ask myself in order to recover, uh, you know, was, Jennifer, do you believe God wants to rescue you? Do you believe God wants to rescue you? And is your higher power willing and ready to pull you out of this quicksand? Um, And if your higher power is willing, does he also have the power and the strength to actually do it? Yes or no? Yes or no? Um, And if the answer is yes, then I pray my heart out for the willingness to grab his hand, right? Um, And what does that mean? What does that mean? To, to let God pull me out of the quicksand. It means action. It means step by step. It means outreach call by outreach call. It means meal by meal. It means day by day. It means meeting by meeting until I wouldn't touch my binge foods with a 10-foot pole, right? And it's because I don't want them. And, and it's until the third step prayer becomes my reality um, that I really can today bear witness to the fact that his power, his love, and his way of life truly, really, truly is better than any drug or substance or character defect that my disease can possibly offer me. Um, So today being restored to sanity means I not only don't destroy myself with food, but it means that I have a way of clearing out the ideas about God and about myself that keep me sick. Uh, Thanks for listening, and with that I pass. Thank you very much. Okay, next we have uh, Matt J.F. followed by Ralph F. Matt? Thank you, Craig. Good morning, and thank you for your service. Um, What I generally say about how I came to this program of recovery unwillingly, uh, I came unwillingly, I don't say it unwillingly, uh, is that I was a devout agnostic, that I was pretty sure that there was something larger than myself, uh, but like Bill, that that something, it was, it was very safe and easy for me to believe that that something existed like at a cosmic level, not at a personal level. And as a gift of this program, I had a, a spiritual awakening and spiritual experiences, and I don't believe that anymore. I take literally that uh, that God truly is everything. And that's not always a gentle conception because I don't get to pick and choose which parts of that everything I want to believe are truly part of God. If God is everything for me, then that means the unhappy things as well as the happy things. And it took me until this morning to understand in reading that that line 
however loving his sway might be, to understand that that how that what that means is that that things working out the way that they're supposed to, the things working out the way that they have to, because God is everything, doesn't always mean that I like what happens. I often don't. Now, I, I heard someone say recently, I can't remember who it was, that um, that they had struggled with the idea that sometimes God's get, God gives babies cancer. And they told that to another recovered fellow, and that fellow said to them, my God doesn't give babies cancer. And I realized mine does. The gift of, of God's grace and love to me is not in the outcomes that are delivered into my life and the lives of others that might appall me, that I might find horrifying or terrifying or feel under threat. The gift is that that certainty, that faith, that I am not responsible for it, it is not my fault, and that God has it all, not just the happy things, not just the beautiful things. It's all part of a giant picture, and I see only the smallest part. That is the grace of that gift, is knowing that even when I am appalled, even when I am horrified, even when I am scared, that's all supposed to be happening too. And it doesn't mean my disease is right, that I'm worthless and valueless. It just means that I don't always understand. And that's perfectly okay. Because that's the way it's supposed to be, too. With that, I pass. Thank you. Okay, we have uh, a couple people left on the list, and we have five minutes. So if you could keep it to about two and a half minutes, that would be great. Ralph F. is up next, followed by Don. Thank you, Greg. This yeah, this Ralph out from uh, South Louisiana. Uh, yeah, let me know, Brian. I'm, I don't have my time with me, but uh, anyhow, I, I just want to say real, real quick. I'll try to keep it quick. Uh, that I'm. I, this is, I think, my second or third time I share. I've been in the in the OA maybe three weeks, and I can't get two days off the junk and uh, uh, and uh, and I'm in the I'm in AA, and I'm coming up on 32 years, and I've never relapsed one time and with alcohol. But I, I have the most admiration for all of, all of y'all that y'all can get years of, of no no sugar. I, I don't know if I'm sorry if I'm supposed to say that, but y'all can get absence like that of, of junk food. I have the most most respect. That uh, just that's where I'm at. I'm just struggling with. Uh, with that, I can't get like I, said, I can't get two days off the junk, and I don't overeat. I, I eat small meals, and uh, just I eat a little junk. Sometimes I just eat junk, and uh, I know uh, I, I was an exercise. I, I loved exercise my whole life, so I never had a trouble with my weight. I'm probably 15 pounds. I like to lose about 20 pounds, and usually when I could exercise, I could keep it off from it. But I'm old now; my legs are shot. I can't hardly walk, so I'm having to. Do, go through some changes, and especially I noticed, and I know the OA works because I hear all of y'all, and I've seen people, uh, and so I know that it works. But anyhow, that that reading made me think about what happened to me at 
uh, in the other program at 17 years old, but my, my sponsor took me to an exercise we did in step one on page 28, 29. And because uh, when it said a personal relationship, what we just read in, in the paragraph of today, a relationship personal, I never knew you could have a personal relationship with a spirit. With, with, I had no trouble believing it was God, but I didn't know how to do that. And he taught me how on that exercise on page 28, 29, where it says, uh, you know, we, that's what we would do at the bottom. is that this should be an entirely personal affair where each one decides for himself in the light of past associations or his present choice. And he had me make a T on the, the following page, that little half of Blake page. The left side, I put, he said, put what your past thinking is about God, religion, spirituality. And we went through that. And he said, now put on the right side what you want it to be. And that was a huge changing point for me. In my recovery, like I said, I was I was 17 years in the program when I did that. I'm coming up on 32 next month, and that that exercise really helped me change my relationship with with, with my higher power so so much better. And I'm so grateful for that because so I know this thing works. I, you know, I know he, my higher power can get keep me off that sugar. It's just I guess I I ain't desperate enough like I was with the alcohol, but. I'll have to get there because I'm pre-diabetic and it'll kill me. I know diabetes kill people, so I'm gonna have to tighten up, y'all. And I know I've got a lot of good support on this, this, uh, this phone line and with all of y'all. So, hey, thanks again, and my hats off to all of y'all. I got the most admiration for, for all of y'all that are so disciplined. Thank you. Uh, right. Thanks for, for chatting, Greg. Thanks, Ralph. Okay, and then finally we have Donna. Uh, Donna, you're up. Hi, Craig. This is Donna G. Thank you for your service. I'm with, um, I'm in the state of Pennsylvania, um, recovered compulsive overeater by God's grace. Um, yeah, so this reading, uh, the word God never aroused a certain antipathy. I, I right away, I um, couldn't relate to that because the word God has, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, he said the word God aroused a certain antipathy. It never did for me. It never did for me. God has always um, been a word I'm comfortable with. It's been a word I've been uh, raised to be very, um, you know, taught a lot about. But the difference when I was reading this, the difference that I could feel was that um, I could go for, like, I could go for such conceptions as creative intelligence, universal mind, spirit of nature, but I couldn't go for a God personal to me. And I I might even say that I went for it, but I didn't really deep down go for that concept. And I didn't, I certainly didn't live that way. And so um, what I wanted to share, what I felt led to share this morning is my um, experience, strength and hope with a tool that I've been um, introduced to for the 11 steps, um, the two-way prayer, and how God is speaking to me, and um, what I'm what I'm learning is is how He sees me, and what's amazing to me is not just personal, but um, and I don't think you know is it odd or is it God? I don't think it's any coincidence that just yesterday, what I got through that is the word friend, and not friend as in I see God as my friend friend as in God sees me as his friend. 
And that just blew my mind. And I wanted to share it this morning because it was a whole um, revolutionary way for my mind um, to, to think about, not even think about, to ponder, to experience um, God in a different way. You know, we use the word friend so much in programs. So when that word came up, it really just took on so many different, and I still am probably not experiencing it the way I, um, it was intended, but, you know, just so many um, thoughts about the word friend. And, you know, even when we do the sick man's prayer, and I think about the resentment I had about, you know, probably a deep down resentment that I had about why isn't God personal? Why can't I rely on him? Why can't I have that close, close relationship, you know? Help me show the same patience and tolerance I would cheerfully grant a sick friend. I would grant a non-sick. I would grant any friend. You know, I would grant friendship to me is so important. And I just, I love that my um, higher power, who is God, spoke to me about um, being my friend. That means a lot to me. And I cherish that. And I just wanted to share it with all of you. I pass. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, thanks to everyone who shared today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for the meeting that's just now concluding is 15,572-15572. And that's for today's date, which is October 19th, uh, 2020. We're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Um, Will uh, Nancy P. uh, please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only through Keep You Until Then. Nancy? Hi, can I be heard? Yes. Okay. Uh, Nancy P. from West Newton, Massachusetts, Recovered. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the, spirit, in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.